Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. I want to start by praying for you. So would you raise your hand if you would say you have a need right now that you consider fairly urgent? All right, let's pray together for these people. Lord, thank you for your presence here. We know you're here because we're gathered in your name. And I pray now in the name of Jesus for everyone who just lifted their hand. You know them. You see them. You love them from the moment they were an idea in your head. And now, Lord, they come today faithfully with a great need. And so I ask you to meet that need. I pray even now during this service you would touch them in a powerful way as only you can, whether their need is physical or emotional or with a relationship or with finances. Do your work, Lord. I know you're working now even when we don't see it, but I pray that you would accelerate that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Best Week Ever. It's good to have you. It's good to see you. So if you're new here, Best Week Ever is a week that we spend reaching out into the community. We serve people, we serve agencies, we do all kinds of things together. We have fun. Some of you probably noticed when I walked up on stage that I've been rigorously training for the 0.5K. I think I can finish. It's dicey, but I think I can finish. Best week ever, one of the best ways to describe it is as an expression of our mission. If you've been around here long enough, you know what our mission is. It's really two parts, transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. Transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. And Best Week Ever really says that. And this morning I want to introduce our panel by pointing to a scripture where you can actually see our mission in play. It's in Isaiah. It's a well-known text, Isaiah 6. Uh, verses 1 through 8. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. It's not an unexpected reaction when the presence of the might of God and the holiness of God himself. Whenever you're confronted with the Lord, you get a clearer picture of who he is and who you are. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, a coal so hot that even an angel couldn't touch it. Even an angel needed tongs. With it, he touched my mouth. It's kind of like God was lighting a fire inside Isaiah and said, see, this has touched your lips. 
Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Now that's transformed by God. Transformed. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, now come two of the most important questions in scripture and they are asked by God. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Lily is a junior at a Rockingham County public high school. She started drinking as a freshman on a dare at a party. And honestly, she's been drinking wherever and whenever she can ever since. She spends a lot of energy hiding it from her parents because her dad is a local pastor. Uh, and recently she discovered she's pregnant. Oksana got a PhD at a school in Ukraine where she's from and she moved to the Shenandoah Valley, moved to the US uh, to learn more English. Unfortunately, she got in a very hurtful, abusive relationship and then she got laid off at COVID. And now for Oksana, that old cliche, not knowing where your next meal is coming from, is true for her. Dennis was born and raised in Grottoes, still lives there, a, a veteran of Desert Storm, and he has not been the same since. He's always anxious, he's always suspicious, he's always afraid. His wife is long gone. He doesn't trust people, he doesn't trust his neighbors, he doesn't trust the VA, and frankly, he doesn't trust himself. So I guess the best thing I can say about Best Week Ever is it asks the question, will the church be powerful in the lives of Lily, Oksana, and Dennis? Will the church matter in their life? Will we matter in their life? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. Best week ever says, send us. That's our mission statement. That's what best week ever is. And that's what our panel is about this morning. So welcome panel, good to see you. I know many of you are excited to be here. So uh, let's start with introductions. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how long you've been involved in the church, a little about your family, just so we get to know you before I start asking questions. Margaret, will you start since you're over there? Sure, I can start. Well, I showed up here in 1995. It wasn't here, it was on Roosevelt Street. And um, I was Lily. I was the Lily in your story. Um, so I understand um, the church reached out and loved me. And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it. Anyway, that's not what you ask. So I have two children and I have a husband, um, Steve and Sydney and Olivia. And Sydney is married to Adam. And they made me a grandmother. And that's wonderful. Um, Cleo brightens our world. And we have a dog. His name is Zeke, and he's pretty cool, too. Ezekiel, you just call him Zeke. Zeke boy. Oh. Rebecca, good morning. Good morning. My name is Rebecca, and I've been coming to this church since I was three or four years old. Um, I recently graduated from Spotswood High School, and I'll start at Jamie in the fall. Congratulations. Debbie. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm Debbie, and I 
been coming here about 17 years. Um, I have a daughter, Catherine, and a son, Aaron, and two precious grandchildren, um, June and little Rusty. And I'm blessed to be retired so I can help care for the little ones. Um, so that's my life right now. Nice. Well, good morning. My name's Bo Hammond. Um, I guess I'll start to make myself look good. I have a beautiful, patient wife named Angela and two beautiful daughters, Jillian and Addison. And um, make my living in the forest products industry. We live in Augusta County and we started coming here about two years ago. We've got family who has been in this church for a long time and when God led us to make a church change, we lit here. I had the pleasure of meeting Olivia and Adrian and knew them through Renew, so it was a great place to slide in and start serving. Welcome. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna ask one question that I'd like you all to answer and then after that, I'll ask a question and you can decide whether you wanna answer. Not every panelist has to answer every question, but this one I'd like you to. Tell us a little bit about your history with best week ever and your thoughts about it. So want to go in the opposite direction, Bo? Sure. So this is my second best week ever. So I have X amount of thoughts, I guess, but I have some. Uh, I got to serve last year uh, on the landscape crew and pretty much took orders, did labor and thought that was awesome. Um, but I think for me to play off a different, a different scripture that's always stuck with me from a Bible study I did years ago, Genesis 12, right? Blessed to be a blessing. It's kind of the first covenant with Abraham, and, and that's why we were created. So to me, the best week ever, you know, if we've got blessings, regardless of how modest or extravagant they may be, it's ours to turn around and share those blessings. And so for me, best week ever is that opportunity to just out and serve and be blessed to be a blessing. Thanks. Debbie? This is my second year. Last year, I couldn't because my daughter was having her baby the same week. Um, but for me, I love volunteering to Renew. And just to see the excitement on the kids' faces and the joy they have in going out and serving. And so best week ever for us is like Renew Camp all week, but it's for all ages um, where the whole church family can get involved. Rebecca. Thanks, Debbie. Um, this will be my third year serving with Best Week Ever. In previous years, I served with um, the yard sale, a car wash, and um, I also... Um, went to like a grand opening of the playgrounds in various um, neighborhoods. And it's significantly important because it's a really good way to outreach to the community. Margaret. Yeah, so this is my third year. And it has a couple layers for me. Um, to be in the community and be able to serve um, those that are less fortunate, uh, you know, we really try to work alongside nonprofits that are doing the work. So it's really um, encouragement for the people they serve and the folks that are serving throughout the year um, to various uh, demographics of folks as Open Doors serve. So it means so much when there's people in the community that come and uplift them and give them that maybe shot in the arm of encouragement and help them. And then the other thing is with our church being so big, it's hard to get to know one another. And best week ever is a week where we get to know the people we go to church with, that our church family. And just to see the joy on the faces of folks when someone comes to give a hand to encourage or a prayer, it's amazing. We really don't always understand what needs people have because we're so good at hiding it. Every, all of us, we're so good at being bulletproof and pretending we don't have needs. And so that's one of the 
great things. I want to ask, I want to zoom out a little bit and ask a big picture question. Now we're on to the questions that you don't have to answer, but at least one person has to answer every question or I will look silly. So help me. Let's talk about the church as a whole. How do you think, and let's talk about our church specifically, but you can think about the church generally. How do you think the Lord wants the church to be different on the other side of COVID? How should we as a church be changed because of the experience over the last 18 months? Who wants to take it? I think one thing that we learned is how desperately we need to be in community and that God didn't create us to be in isolation and it was a very um, dark place to be for a lot of people. And I think in the future being more intentional, I know it's hard when you're in a large church and many of us came from smaller churches at one time, um, but missing those times of gathering outside of corporate worship on Sunday. Uh, I think we need to be more intentional um, as far as getting together in group activities like Best Week Ever, corporate prayer time, um, not just the youth, um, but the whole church family getting together and getting to know each other again because we haven't seen each other, been together for a long time, and growing in that way together to go out and serve. Do you think we'll appreciate being together more, and will that last? I hope it does, and I think we do appreciate it a lot more. And we appreciate also just the small things like a phone call, what that means, sending a card when we couldn't see each other. Um, and then serving, you don't have to serve in big ways. It can be in meaningful ways like that. Someone else, how do you think we should be different, Bo? I think we are in a, a very unique place where it's extremely easy right now to be different maybe than we were. There's plenty of dissension. I mean, not to get political in any way, shape, or form, but there's just, there's an awful lot of things that the church should be different than in today's society. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity to kind of step away from something that's been very catastrophic to a degree and come out of that gate very different than we were. Showing kindness, you know, our example, the acts that we do, the phone calls that we make, uh, a pretty easy way to come out of this thing kind of with a fresh start and a, and a new outlook. Anybody else? Let's talk about people who aren't in the room right now then. Um, there are many, many people like Lily, Oksana, and Dennis, and then there are many, many more. Um, and we're here and they're all out there. So I'm wondering, what do you think the unchurched people, what do they think of the church and what do they need from us? especially on the heels of being post-COVID, but in general. The people who are driving past right now, the people who went to the store to read their Washington Post and have a bagel, the people who are just no concept of God and no interest in church, what are they, what are they thinking of us and what do they need from us? I think, unfortunately, with the social media and the news, that they think we can be judgmental, um, closed-minded, narrow-minded. And unfortunately, there's been a distortion of who Jesus is in a lot of cases. I think they confuse the religious church from the devout church, um, that there is a difference. And in my conversations, they just see it as religion and do not understand at all the personal relationship with Jesus. Someone else? How about that end of the panel? Yeah, I think that it is, we have an opportunity. We've found out that we don't have to do things like we've always done it. That 
been a little hard. Change is tough for people. But I think now that post-pandemic, we have such an opportunity to maybe look back and see how we lived inside the walls of our church. You know, we came together, but now I think we can see the opportunities outside. Um, I think what people need from us most now is relationship. People need Jesus, but they're not really open to Jesus because of some things they've seen. And it's our role to build relationships and show up in people's lives and listen without thinking we have to change them, but listen and allow a relationship to be built till one day they do ask us what's different about us. And that's hard for some people because, hey, we want to, they need to accept Jesus today. And that's what I want. But I know that we live in a post-Christian culture. And so it's not, people need to see that we're genuine. They need to know that we're going to be there. And they need to know that we're going to love them regardless. It doesn't mean we say, hey, I agree with everything you're doing. You go do what you do. No. But we're going to love them until God is able to speak to them, until they're open to hear. Henry Blackaby, years ago I did a Bible study, and I've never forgotten this idea that people can't, have a thought about God unless God gives them the thought. So when people start to talk about God with you, the Lord's at work. And then you can enter into that conversation. But sometimes it's a journey to that conversation, and we can't give up. I think that's what they need. Rebecca, would you say something about your peers? Um, what's their attitude toward church based on your perspective? I think that nowadays it's a little bit harder to um, convince people or like talk about God in like schools and like in public areas just because like it is scary um, because you're I, like for example I have struggled with sharing my um, faith with others because I'm scared to be judged but I know that those people need love from me and from all the other um, Christian people, because they see, they see how we love, so then they can see how God loves us, and they, God also loves all of them as well. Amen. Let me follow up, because Debbie mentioned social media, so I'm interested in your opinion, Rebecca. Uh, is social media helpful in reaching others, or hurtful in reaching others? Um, I think it can be both, but it is a really good platform to... Um, reach out to others and demonstrate to others who Jesus is. Okay, next question for the panel. Um, Best Week Ever is about going and serving and it really is a, a lesson. It's not just that we want to, for a week, serve people. Best Week Ever is an object lesson. It is the church saying, this is how we want to be, not just for a week in the summer. So I'm interested in what holds people back? What when people don't go, when people don't serve, when people 
can't sort of get away from the four walls of the church and move out, what are some common obstacles, you think? I, I, I can speak personally. I, I, think it's, I think it's fairly intimidating for me even to just open up a conversation about Jesus. I came to Christ, I was saved uh, when I was 32, so a little different wow. path than Amen. some people. I'm a little bit older than that now, so it's not as recent as you, but I appreciate that. But you look really good. <laughs> it's important. But, but I think it's tough to just open that conversation up, and I think we think that evangelism is that. And um, I've had the blessing to work with kids through my time at different churches, and Olivia's allowed me to corrupt kids here too, so I appreciate that. But um, one of the things that I like to tell them is your example and your behavior and your actions just out in the world are as important of a testimony and an evangelism tool as standing and preaching scripture. And I think if we act the way that Jesus showed us to act and we really internalize that, then that's a way that we can kind of break those barriers of intimidation sometimes. Somebody else? Obstacles? What, what holds us back? I know for me initially it was just um, I was intimidated. Um, I didn't feel like maybe I had any special gifts to share. Um, it definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone in the different areas, um, especially with the homeless um, and the food pantry and delivering food. Um, but that's how, I mean, God's working on transforming us into his image, and that's usually the primary way he's going to use it is by pushing us out of our comfort zone and um, sending us out there with him to the people that he's leading us to. And one of the nice things about Best Week Ever, it's a safe space to do that. Right. It's planned for you. You're with a group. You're with a team. You can get comfortable with it. Anyone else? Obstacles? Margaret? So I just have to go back to a few years back. It was the early 2000s. And there was a class for people to figure out what their giftings were. And I signed up for the class. Uh, Pastor Sam and Vicki Dove were leading the class, and it was over in that room, right over there. And I remember that day walking to the door, looking in the classroom, and going, I don't have any gifts, and they're not going to find that out. I can't go in there because they'll find out how ungifted I am. And I walked away from that room and didn't go in. And I later took a job where I had to do Myers-Briggs and some other tests, and I realized that I actually did have gifts. And that's what, like, it gave me the courage to say, you know, I do have something. God has created every one of us. Um, in Ephesians 4, he has created each one of us with gifts for the church. Like, we are a body, and we all have a place and it's really hard to understand that sometimes when we're in that place of maybe feeling like we don't have things that are of value or that we're not of value. Let me tell you what I thought you would say, and I want you to follow up on this. I thought one of you at least would say we're too busy. You know, the question was, what are the obstacles to us going and reaching out and serving? But none of you said that that was a reason. So clearly, it's not. Are we too busy? Are we not too busy? Is that just a convenient excuse? What do you think? Apparently, you don't believe, as a panel, that our schedules keep us from reaching out. Why? Or why not, I guess? I'm retired, so it's easier for me. <laughs> um, but when I wasn't retired, that was an excuse of mine a lot. It's like, I just simply don't have the time. I wasn't really willing to let go of my schedule and let God order my schedule and my priorities. I thought um, 
that these other items, whether it was work or whatever, were more important, um, that if I had buffer time or extra time, then I would. Oh? If we had said that answer, it's, we're in church. It's like the, it's a squirrel, but you say Jesus in Sunday school, you have to give the right answer. Um, no, I mean, we're definitely no, busy. No, I'm not saying you did the wrong. I'm just very curious that that wasn't yeah. one of them. I mean, we're, I think everybody's busy, but I think one of the things that I've tried to challenge myself with a little bit is just being open, available, and then willing. I mean, just, you know, it's not going to fit the schedule that you think it should fit ever. Um, and, yeah, there's a million other things that I should maybe be doing tomorrow morning at 830, but you know what? You sign up, you make yourself do it, you put yourself in that uncomfortable place where you got to figure out how to balance the rest of the schedule, and it's just it's what you have to do. I think you just have to challenge yourself constantly to not use such an excuse. Okay. Anyone else? All right, this, go ahead, Margaret. I just think it's, it is, it's hard in today's world. We have more technology to help us save time, but we're busier than ever. And I understand that people work full-time jobs and have so many other things. And that's always something that I feel really passionate about, understanding that, because life is busy. And when you have a job and you have children and you have children with sports and you have all of these things, we have a lot of folks helping with their grandchildren. Uh, we heard that this morning and loving on their families. And so it is, sometimes it's hard to ask because I know we are busy, but the joy that comes when we get to experience God using us to make someone else's life maybe a little better, and the blessing is usually ours more than the other person that we go to help. Okay, I want to ask a couple of, we're getting ready to close, I want to ask a couple of lightning round questions. I guess I'm going back on my promise that not everybody had to answer every question. Forgive me. Fill in the blank, and everybody will ask to answer. Fill in the blank in a sentence. The most important thing, other than hold tight to Jesus, that we can do to be a relevant church is blank. The most important thing, other than hold tight to Jesus, which of course is central, that we can do to be a relevant church, particularly in our community, is blank. Uh, Debbie, I haven't started with you, so I'll go like this. So Debbie, then Rebecca, then Margaret. Go. I think with consistency, reflect the heart of Jesus, however he chooses that to look like and to lead us into. Rebecca? Love others. Good one. Show up in people's lives and in the community. Oh? I, the word I was going to say was respond. Nice. Uh, second lightning round question. The greatest obstacle the world presents to what we just suggested is blank. Who should I start? Rebecca, I'm gonna start with you, sorry. The greatest obstacle the world presents to us doing what we all just said we should do to be relevant is blank. Um, being scared of rejection and having fear to go out and talk to others and outreach. Repeat your question. The greatest obstacle the world presents. Did you not think I knew it? Were you testing me? No, like I the was people not. with the children? I would never do that, Brian. Uh, the greatest <laughs> obstacle the world presents to us doing what you suggested we should do in the previous question is blank. What's neat I is everybody is thinking the answer right now, their own right. answer. Go ahead. I think that we think that maybe they don't 
want us in their life, that they don't want to hear from us. But people are desperate for relationship and authenticity. Um, so I think it might be that they don't, maybe they don't, we think they don't want us, but. So Rebecca's is fear of rejection, judging. Margaret's is we think they don't need us when they probably do. Bo? The word that came to me was selfishness. I think even, even those of us in the church tend to be a little self-absorbed and, and a little into our own thing and our own busyness that you mentioned before. And so selfishness, I think, is an obstacle. And Debbie? I was thinking we forget sometimes that we are in a, a spiritual battle, that there is a battle, and that battle is heating up more and more. And to remember who the enemy is, it's not the people that disagree with us, that reject us, um, that believe differently than us. Okay, last question, also a lightning round. Um, and then, Margaret, I'll hand off to you. What's something, what's a question I haven't asked that you'd like to answer, or what's something you'd like to say to encourage the congregation this morning? Answer a question I didn't ask because you think it's important, or speak into the congregation encouragement. And then we'll I'll hand off to Margaret. Last question. Um, I would say definitely sign up for Best Week Ever. It's such a rewarding feeling when you serve like I volunteer at the food pantry and I just love to see people's smiles when we give them their food or when we have conversations with them Margaret yeah I think um, step out of that comfort zone um, step into a place where uh, maybe it's a place where we need to step where we think we can't, but God does something through us. It's faith growing um, to make that step, and it will not only change someone else's life, but our own. Amen. Bo? I, I would just say be willing. You know, if, if, even if you haven't signed up yet or, you, or you, you don't think that you have any skills to play into any of the teams that are formed, just be willing and pray to God and see what he tells you to do and then just, you know, take that step. Debbie, last word. Um, I think when we have the love of God in our hearts, it really does compel us and move us, um, even though we may resist that sometimes or a lot of times. Um, but not worry about what specific skill and, and trying to analyze I might be able to contribute, just to trust the Lord that the Holy Spirit will give you whatever you need um, and just step out there with them. Amen. Folks, um, they all look so smooth and polished, and they did such a wonderful job. But it's hard. When they were invited to serve on this panel, how would you feel if you had to spend this time answering questions? So great job. Can we thank the panel and Margaret? Cheers. Just a couple of things um, about best week ever. Um, Tuesday night is a .5K. That is uh, 6.30. Come watch Brian go across the finish line. Um, but it'll be a good evening with some food. And we'll end, after the games, we'll end with um, a movie and movie type of food. We're hosting Skyline Literacy on Wednesday night, an introductory class, so we will feed them here on Wednesday night. And Thursday, we will reach out um, and love on our first responders, and they'll come in for a meal. 
and all throughout the week we'll be in the community um, doing all kinds of things so there's still plenty of opportunity to get involved as I was thinking about what we're doing this week and about the panel and transitioning into communion this scripture has just been on my mind and it's from Luke 4 18 and 19 the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and Christ lives in us this is now our call it is up to us to be the hands and feet of Jesus as he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us and as we prepare uh, for communion as we prepare our hearts to receive we've been talking today we've been talking about being transformed and I was thinking about the night that Jesus um, knelt down and washed the feet of his disciples he knelt down and washed the feet of the one that would betray him the one that would deny him he didn't choose which disciples feet to wash he washed them all he even washed the ones that would walk away from ministry and go back to fishing he met them where they were and today he meets us where we are and he says to us as he said to them that night when he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and he gave it to them he said this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me and he took the cup and he said to them and to us this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you Jesus showed up with agape love love and action he showed up and he loved them unconditionally and he loves us unconditionally and as he met them at the table today he meets us and today we can come to the table with whatever we're carrying we give it to him and we have fellowship at the table you can come to the table and accept Christ as you take the elements for the first time maybe you want to recommit today but we all come in relationship with Jesus would you pray with me father we gather at this your table in the name of your son Jesus Christ who by your spirit was anointed to preach good news to the poor proclaim release to the captives set at liberty those who are oppressed Jesus you healed the sick fed the hungry ate with sinners 
and establish the new covenant for forgiveness of sins. And today we live in the hope of your coming again. And on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks, broke the bread and gave it to the disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to his disciples. Drink from it, all of you, he said. <laughs> this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, Jesus, as we gather as the body of Christ to offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these, your gifts. Make them by the power of your Spirit to be for us the body and the blood of Christ. Redeemed by his blood, by your Spirit, make us one in Christ one with each other, and one in the ministry of Christ to all the world until Jesus comes in final victory. And I pray it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.